Are we live right now? Or? We are we live. Are live. Right Watch mm-hmm. what you say. Mm-hmm. We're live. So oh. keep your racist rhetoric down to a bare minimum, huh? Yes, please do. Oh, shoot. I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. You make it sound you like know it's me. such a challenge. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All righty, guys. Why is this? So welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. <sighs> it's been great. Quite the week. Oh my. So we're back. We're back again. We're going to be talking about the Chauvin trial, but not in the way that you might expect because quite frankly, I could give a shit about what's going on with the Chauvin trial. I could I could care less. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to be covering a little bit of a... Uh, Wi-f- not Wi-Fi, rather... Uh, Wi-Fi. Block-Fi. Cri- <laughs> cryptocurrency type stuff. We're going to start the show off, though. We're going to speak with... And us. it's good to be back. We're going to speak with our friend Myra yes. Gutierrez, who is uh, going to give us a little bit of an update on the border and what's been going on and whatnot. And then I want to show you guys some little uh, so, some little uh, internet people who've got their panties in a wad because, you know, a sticker. You know. All that on tonight on the Frame of Mind show. <laughs> Listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Hey, we're back. Hey, what's we're up, back. homie? So, what's up? How you it's, been, man? It's uh, good to be back. It's been what three weeks? Or something like that. <laughs> I can't even remember. It's like I almost forgot what you looked like. Yeah, you know? sometimes you know you kind of have to step away to. <laughs> Collect your thoughts and, you know, and kind of reset. And I totally get it. Sometimes talking about the same issues over and over again can get a little, you know, a little depressing. And, you know, and so, it so it's seems not, like the more we talk about it, society just doesn't quite want to listen to us. Like, well, no, it's just come on, guys. I think that we have a lot more to offer to the people who do watch. And, and there's a lot of other subjects that we can kind of tap into other than what's currently going on in our society, which is crap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, crap but, is other things we can cover for sure. But yeah. All right, so I'm going to bring in our guest for today, mm-hmm. at least for the first little while here, Myra Gutierrez. Welcome to no, what, that's no, not no, it. Let's try, no. Nope, that's see, still not it. See, this is what happens when I try to produce. There hey! She, there she is. There she is. We found her. She's been here the whole time, guys, hiding out behind. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for saying my name correctly after so many years. <laughs> So Thank I've, you. I think I've always <laughs> said your name correctly. Well, you so, have always, but there's people that know me for quite a while and they still don't say it right. So and for the ones that uh, don't know, Myra has been a friend of ours for, for a little while now. And and uh, she's been so gracious to come on the show and kind of discuss a lot of the things that are currently going on at the border. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on currently. So let's go ahead and kind of get into that. So what's... Uh, kind of let people know how far you live from the u.s border like what would kind of give people a description of what things look like for you sure um i live in south texas the McAllen area mm-hmm. and this is where everything is happening right now when you hear the senators the congressmen coming down this is the area that they're coming down at mm-hmm. um i live about five miles i want to say i go by minutes like 10 15 minutes from the border of uh, less than <laughs> 15 miles from, I guess, from the border. It's very close. I actually used to live right across the border where you could hear the the traffic in Mexico. I went to school at a place where people would go skipping to Mexico and come back on the bus, you know, with a couple of drinks and go home. 
So that's how close we are to the border, and that's how safe it used to be, where we were able to go skipping into Mexico, go after a football game to the clubs in Mexico. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. Uh, right now, there's a lot of illegal aliens coming across. There is about 185% uh, increase from last year. And uh, wow. I do have numbers. As of this, as of yesterday, I got these numbers. There has been 600,000 apprehensions, 23,000 unaccompanied children. I can't say the word. Uh, children traveling alone, 10,000 released without a court date. So right now, the Border Patrol are extremely overwhelmed. It's catch and release. These illegal aliens are coming directly to the Border Patrol, turning themselves in. They come and bring them to tents that's blocks away from my house. They do COVID testing there. Then they send them to the Respite Catholic Charity Center, mm -hmm. where from there they're given money. They're picked up by their sponsors, people that, I mean, I don't know if you saw the Alex Jones video. That's blocks away from my house. Wow. Uh, and they're taken into the bus and spread out throughout the United States. And a lot of them, we're not tracking them because they're sending sending them off without a court date. Oh, so, it's a so, catch and so I was always hearing that they were giving them a court date and they were just kind of not showing back up, obviously. Yeah. But you're saying they're not even giving them a court date. No, they're well, not even giving them a court date. Um, there's areas like an hour away from where I'm at on the other side, like further down in the border. Uh, one of my Border Patrol friends was telling me that they come in, they process them. At the beginning, they weren't even getting COVID tests. I mean, we went through a whole pandemic. Our businesses suffered. We went through a whole lockdown. Illegal aliens come. They don't even get COVID testing. We well, accept them in, release them into the community. Like, come in, and these this illegal aliens actually ask our Border Patrol for rights to where they want to go. I'm like, they're not your Ubers. They're not your taxi drivers. Oh, my God. They're here That's to protect just... our borders, and they can't even do that. Not because they don't want to. Because this administration is not allowing right, them. Right, right. They're being ham. Mm. They're being hamstrung yeah. to the point where they can't mm -hmm. actually do the job that they need to do. We heard about this going on in, Af in like Afghanistan and Iraq and whatnot with the soldiers under Obama, mm. where they're like, "Hey, we have a job to do. We could do it more effectively, but we're just being constantly undermined and hamstrung where we can't actually do, you know, the job that we do." Yeah, you know? and here's the thing, though: is, is is as long as we've been doing the show, and over the last couple of years that we've had Myra on this show. You know, things have been relatively calm at the border. You know, we've had her on during the Trump administration and, and yeah. kind of to give us some insight on what's going on. Now, what I want people to understand is with our show, we have guests on that are directly affected by the crisis that's currently going on. Mm -hmm. When you watch a lot of the mainstream media, you're getting analysts telling you what they think is going on or how things are operating down at the U.S. border. So that's the difference between us and the mainstream media is that if you guys want to know what's going on, we're going to bring people on the show that have got legitimately the facts and the numbers to back things up that actually deal with the Border Patrol on a daily basis. Now, while we're talking about this, I want something we've never done before, and I've always wanted to ask you, what is your relationship with the Border Patrol agents? Like, how involved are you with them? I am very involved with the Border Patrol agents. I mean, I don't work for them. Right. I don't, um, I have family and friends that are in the, in the, in the agency okay. that are in the U.S. Customs, the Border Patrol. So this is my, that, that's how I work with them because they're my friends. And mm -hmm. when the whole Trump administration started and 
even with the Obama era, I think it started off when they started demonizing the ICE agents and the Border Patrol. And my stance on that is like, this is my, these are my friends. This is my family. Mm-hmm. The majority of Border Patrols are Hispanics and they were being called white supremacists and Nazis for doing their job. Oh my God. They have families, they, their brothers, their sisters, you know. And to me, that was just wrong. So I started getting more involved in the organization that I'm in, which is Latinos for Trump and now is Latinos for America First. So we started doing appreciation dinners, uh, luncheons, uh, collecting sanitizers for them, a lot of, you know, those kind of drives. And so I, I am involved with them because I listen to their stories and I hear what's happening we work a lot with the Border Patrol Union. Um, and I say work a lot, but kind of offset. We just see what they need and we, you know, we are there for them. Just offering so whatever some they need, like assistance. to collect items for them, to yeah. appreciate them and show right. them. And, and, and I get numbers from, from different agencies or from reports that I see, not necessarily, I'm not going to say from them, uh, but the numbers are out there. And that's what the media doesn't want you to see. If you go to the Border Patrol website, they're ditching out the numbers. If you follow the Border Patrol chiefs down here in the RGV sector, that's what I call the Rio Grande Valley, the RGV sector. Mm-hmm. Daily, he's tweeting about what's going on in the, in the valley, in the border. But the media doesn't want to focus on that. They don't want to see that. And when the Trump administration was enforced, that's when the caravan started coming. And you guys know that I saw the caravan coming in yeah, right, right. and we exposed the, the charities. Yeah, I remember so, that. But Trump put a stop to it. He enforced the laws. And that is something that the Biden administration is not doing. They're not enforcing the laws. If we would just enforce the laws, I mean, a lot, a lot of control would happen. And I also work with angel families. That's also one of my connections with the border patrols. So the, the angel families are victims of illegal alien crime. So oh, that's that's gotcha. why I'm very passionate about this cause. And it's my backyard. It's my home. So I just became a me, citizen last year. So to me, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I take I, it at heart. We actually had you on the show to kind of celebrate the fact that you did become a U.S. Yeah. citizen. And mm-hmm. that's uh, for the folks that have never. And you made me cry. I remember. Yes. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was just we've seen the process that you've gone through to get to where you are to become you know, uh, a, a U.S. Mm-hmm. citizen the correct way. And, you know, to be able to, to share that experience with you, you know, obviously, you know, via, um, you know, um, through Zoom mm-hmm. and, and, of course, through uh, socials. But it, it's just been, it's been a cool process to watch you go through this. And you've done it the right way. And that's something that a lot of people don't see people go through that want to become U.S. citizens. And I, I remember when you posted that, I was really proud of you for, you know, for going through that and, you know, and it just kind of, it kind of reassured the fact that there are people out there that really want to become a U.S. citizen. They really want to go through that process. Mm -hmm. They really want to have that American dream that, that, you know, that you guys often talk about. And so kind of shifting gears back to, you know, to the conversation, give us some, some insight on what it's like down there right now with everything that's going on that's not being reported by the the mainstream media like what what's the day in the life in the town that you live in with with everything currently going on at the border well we they're coming in every hour Mm -hmm. um even less than every hour the border patrol there's they're getting groups of there was one time that they had a group of 400 people 
come in mm. and most of them are children. And that's wow. the saddest thing to see. Uh, like I said, the, the tent city that they have here, it's blocks away from my house. They have it gated, but they're not forced to be there. These right. people are not forced to be in that in that area. They can come out whenever they want. Right. Um, if they do test positive for COVID, they send them to hotels paid by us. You know, so we're taking care of it. We're paying the COVID testing right now. As far as I know, my city's paying for that for the city, the city of McAllen. We're supposed to get reimbursed, but supposed to. I mean, the supposed Biden administration to. is still not calling it a crisis. <laughs> They're calling it a challenge. Right. So, I mean, it's all about political framing and whatnot. You know, you can't have the media down there actually speaking truth to what's going on because correct. they've spent the last you know four years talking about, you know, how terrible Trump was and how terrible he was for putting kids in cages and whatnot. Yeah, and, and now that this administration is doing exactly worse than what they were describing before, you know, we, we can't have that mm -hmm. because now we look like idiots. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, it's yeah, And crazy. now they want to do some repairs on the on the fence or some on the wall which is yeah, yeah. just fin they're finishing the wall that's what needs to happen yeah. the border patrol need that wall and they're getting funding cut back and not to mention that people uh, illegal aliens that are now being released from prison for serving time ice cannot go get them the biden mm -hmm. administration is stopping that they're right. released again into our into our streets before ice would pick them up when they were getting released the prisoners now they can't do that so what, do, um, do you have any safety concerns right now? Like what, what is the level of safety for you? Do you feel safe in your home? No. What kind of where you at with that? The safety control, um, I, I can't say that I feel 100% safe because I know that at any time they could leave and I know the, right. the, the magnitudes that are coming in. But to be honest, these people are, the way they're turning themselves into the Border Patrol and they're kind of working into the system that they have put in place where I say blocks away and in, in the Catholic charities because they want to go further into the United States. Right. That's what they want. That's what they're seeking. But I do know that, I mean, I go running here in the trails sometimes and I, I see more people than before that look mm -hmm. kind of sketchy, but right. you know, I can't say anything. I mean, I, I run with a knife with my switchblade, but You're not supposed to run just with for knives, security, young lady, but, um, there are stories that are being told by by the Border Patrol. I don't know if you heard about the baby that was thrown, the, the six-month baby that was thrown into the river yeah, yeah. because oh the mother, I think the mother died or she broke her legs and the mother couldn't continue. So the, border, the, the cartels or the human trafficker didn't want to deal with the baby, so they threw the baby in the river. Wow. The baby got saved, but they threw it to drown. Yeah. And there was a little girl, a 10-year-old little girl that was, that when she got to the border patrol, she had no voice. She lost her voice from yelling because she was being gang raped by but, the cartels, but to, but by these human traffickers. But so this is what's happening yeah, to the but, children. But to say they're not sending their best, and I assume some of them are good people, like that's, wow, that's way outside the lines. But, you know, mm -hmm. throwing a child overboard because you don't want to deal with it, that's... Oh, that's sickening. That's sickening. That's, so, so and it's this, like, I mean, these are the kind the, of people that are coming in and just like they they have open reign to do so. And 
there's a lot of people who were waiting for Biden to come into office because they knew he wasn't going to do anything. Yeah, He's I not saw, a leader. Did, did you see the video that I think it was, it was, was it, I don't quote me on this. I think it was ABC that actually interviewed an illegal that did cross over and he openly admitted that they were waiting mm-hmm. for for Biden to come into office before they made that crossover yeah. into the U.S. Yeah. They, yeah. They ain't stupid. That, the that reporter was not expecting that response. <laughs> they're, they're not stupid people. <laughs> they're not. I mean, these these people coming across the border, like some yeah. of them, like mm-hmm. are amazing people in terms of like the amount of risk they're willing to take to have a better life for themselves. I have no, I, I find no fault in that. Yeah. Yes, I would prefer you do it the correct way, but. You know that's that's an amazing attribute. That, that's the kind do of, it the Myra way. That's the kind of go to <laughs> spirit you kind of want in people. But you know when you also have such lax controls that all of the bad shit can get in. Like all yeah. of the people that are not here don't have good intentions at all. No. There's there's also a video that again this is an hour away from me up um, higher up in the border, and there was a little boy that a border patrol on his way home found, and he was crying in the fields. It was a 10-year-old little boy. I think it was 10 or 12, and he was crying because they left them. The group that he was with left them, abandoned him on the side of the road, this kid not knowing where he was at. And the Border Patrol asked him, you know, Where's your, where are your parents? Are your parents with you? He was like, no, I traveled alone. Like, he came alone. To, to me, I mean, this. If, if, we, if I leave, if my daughter's eight years old and I leave, to go grocery shopping and somebody finds out, somebody can call CPS on me yeah. for letting go my, you know, my daughter. Or if I send her to the store alone at eight years old, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's dangerous. So to send these kids to go through such a dangerous journey, it's beyond me. And a lot of these kids are kidnapped because mm-hmm. a lot of these countries, the 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 low community, you know, the 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 families. They don't have a voice. So when their children are kidnapped, nobody listens to them. So a lot of them are kidnapped and used by the cartel and reused and reused so other people can enter the the country illegally. And if you, I sent uh, some pictures and if you look, I mean, there's a lot of kids. There There was a man with a little girl and the little girl looks, you know, they look frightened. They look. It's, the, it's a very sad thing to see. Are these uh, photos that you sent to me? Mm-hmm, on Telegram. But that, that's, it's very little pictures that I had. But, I mean, mm. I've seen it from the past also when, when the caravans were coming in. There was mostly men with little kids. So Well, shoot. Um, so it sounds like things are not exactly mm-hmm. going the greatest down at the border right now. Well, and, and, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what it's going to take for people to stand up and finally decide, you know, say, you know what? This is enough. <laughs> We've had enough. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. And, and quite honestly, it's very dangerous for a lot of us to talk because the cartels are among us. I mean, they're they're so close in the border and yep. they're on this side yep. and on that side. So yep. they're on both sides. So a lot of times, I mean, we want to do reporting. We want to be out there in the border. But right now, it's very dangerous to be out there. Hmm. Right on. Okay. Yeah, I just, um, Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to go political with this conversation about what's going on down at the border. But it's kind of hard not to because it is under this administration. But I would hope, it doesn't matter what aisle you fall under or like what side of the aisle you fall under with this situation with the the border crisis. I would have thought that somebody within the Biden campaign would just say, hey, 
we've got to get this under control. And, you know, think about, okay, well, we letting all these people in wasn't such a great idea. I mean, they're going to have to admit to the fact that this was not a good idea. What I don't mm-hmm. understand is, and what I have an issue with, is that you have this, this administration that is locking down cities and telling people to wear a face mask and get vaccinated. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the states are kind of at each other's throats because Texas is is in a position to where they, you know, they went maskless and, you know, they have other states that are still struggling for small businesses to, you know, to get back up and going. All the while this administration is preaching, you know, COVID safety restrictions, we have a large amount of people down at the U.S. border that mm-hmm. nobody is wearing a mask, nobody is vaccinated, no, nobody in. is caring about anything that's going on with this pandemic. And I would have thought this administration if you're if you're going to lock down these cities and and implement all these guidelines this also would have fallen into the border as well and it hasn't so it's like it's really hard to 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 get on board with anything that the politics mm-hmm. talk you know the politicians talk about when it comes to covid because it's like you know you're doing one thing but yet we see what's going on uh, you know down at the border so I, I don't know. I mean, if you're honestly going to see a second spike in COVID, it's going to come from from the South. I really do believe that. Um, yeah. I, I just, well, I, don't, I don't know. It's crazy times. That's for it's, sure. It's very sad because, uh, and also our governor should be doing more, in my opinion. Uh, we knew that Biden was going to be in office. Yeah. You know, by January, we knew that Biden was going to take office. So knowing that, we knew what their objective was to open the borders. Yeah. So there should have been, I think, more things in place. In, and it, there has to be more that, that could be done because it's not enough. And all of this, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm not using your platform for any, but I am running for city commissioner. And because I see that has, has, a, has a border city, all of this is, gonna, is falling onto the bur- burden of our communities because mm-hmm. nobody's picking up the slack. When it comes to the economy, when it comes to the security, it's falling on us because the federal, everybody tells me it's the federal government. You have nothing to do with it. Well, the federal government is not doing anything about it. So it's falling onto us as a border community. Well, don't ever feel like you can't, you know, kind of promote what it is that you're doing in your personal life. But yeah, tell people (laughs) a little bit more about what you're running for um, as far as, you know, the political um, realms go. Well, I'm I'm running for city commissioner in my district. Um, okay. I live in a, the city of McAllen, so I want to be part of the the decision making when it comes to to you know what what's going to happen. How are we going to aid the people that are crossing over? What money is going to go there, or if we should spend any money, or we should open a shelter like they did? Because mm-hmm. if you see McAllen, McAllen is full of so you know, houses. It's not a big city where we have downtown area. The downtown area has houses and apartments around it. Hmm. So to me, it's not a safe place to have. The city of McAllen suffers. The businesses suffer because it brings down the business. Having, you know, illegal aliens, you know, it's, it's it's not a good thing for our city. And it is very sad. It's also a humanitarian issue. And I thought that the Democrats and, and, and the liberals were all about, hu, hu, you know, the humanity issue of it. And they're not. Where's AOC? No, Why isn't no, she crying no, at the no, fence no. for these children? 
in her white outfit. Yeah, I know. Why isn't she here? <clears throat> what what could But now it's you know, it's a de- it's a detention facility. I don't know what she's calling it because before it was cages. Yeah. Yeah. But Nobody's here crying at the fences. Now, so, now they're saying anybody that she's saying anybody that calls it a surge at the border is using military language. And it's a very white supremacist type language. But they did like, about January 6th. So ridiculous. Anyways, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should follow her footsteps and go cry at yeah, the fence. Yeah, go cry at the fence. It's an empty parking lot at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I, I appreciate you coming on and giving us an update. Um, yeah. And, and you're welcome. To, if, you, if you have any, anything new that you want to share with our audience, Keep us updated. Yeah, just let us know. We'll, we'll bring you in and. Give you a few minutes Thank to, you. To, to step um, up to the I podium. mean, if, if you guys want to help in our Border Patrol event, uh, we're having another one on Wednesday where we're going to take plates to to the Border Patrol from Rio Grande all the way to the tip of Texas to Bronzeville. So to all the sections that are here, to all their stations, uh, go to latinosfortrump.us and you can make a donation, $10, $15, $20, whatever you feel like, just to support the guys and the girls because... They, they really need this, you know, to pump them up. I mean, the, the four years that they had accomplished so many things has just been thrown away with the new administration. Right. So Latinos, everything that they accomplished. Latinosfortrump.us to go help yes. that cause yep. out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to move on to the next topic and I'll let Miss Myra get on with her evening tonight. Myra, it's good to see you. I'm yes, going to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. So as we move on, see, we we got to talking about COVID at the border and whatnot. And there's something else that I was, that <laughs> this this was this was um part of my my excitement from the last week is is I've just finished a, up a design. It doesn't take much to entertain. You. I know I finished up a design, and I love it when you do get entertained because you get all giddy like a little schoolgirl. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just my thing. I, I'm so giddy like a schoolgirl. Uh, I don't know why schoolgirls sound like a gay guy from the '70s, but I don't either just what they do it is but at any rate see what i did i did take a little little detour back to old school uh-huh. anyway i'm gonna bring up this little image here now this here for, for those of you who haven't seen this um got, you are causing quite the ruckus on uh social media with this sticker my friend i am i've got i've got this little thingy on my truck okay this this little sticker it's zoom I, in a little bit if some people can see, read it. let me see if i can zoom in on that there we go Control plus. Now, for those who are just listening, it's a sticker. On, it's it's a little decal on my truck that I designed that I'm selling. It says I'm identifying as vaccinated. Okay, <laughs> I think it's funny. I'm identifying as vaccinated. Four words. Okay, technically five if you want to like break down the contraction, but apparently four words is all that it takes to get people super, super pissed off. I mean, really. I, yeah, I read some of the stuff you sent to me from other people, and I'm like, wow. Well, that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm working on bringing up here, because there's one lady in particular that just, she, I, I, could, I couldn't help but just die laughing. It was so funny. She had to really kind of let you know how she felt. I know, I know. I've got, okay, so, I, I've, okay. Uh, Let's start with these two. Uh, yeah. Aaron Graff says, this is disgusting. Daniel Hazel says, nobody wants this trash. And then my favorite. Zoom in on that. This young lady here, Control Plus. Da, 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 da. Keeps, keep going. Keep That's going. about all it is letting me have. Okay, you're going to have to read it for the audience. So it, she, says, it. she says, it's basically the tired joke I identify as an attack helicopter. Like, we get it. You all don't like trans people. To which I responded... Had nothing to do with trans people. <laughs> well, I mean, using the phrase identified as, 
it is it is t- making it is pulling from that uh, yes, it is. particular thing and i'm just basically taking multiple cultural issues and all putting them into one it, that's the joke it's yep. a joke it's a sticker yep <laughs> anyway my response to her was <laughs> now i'm offended my gender is listed as number 34 in the american psychological association manual as vaccinated i hate to break it to you but you're transphobic she says people's identity isn't a joke Trans people are already heavily discriminated against. Some are even murdered for it. The people who kill them buy stuff like your bumper sticker and use it to justify their bigotry. It isn't funny. It's depressing. I said, well, you're getting violent. It's scaring me, Courtney. Please tone down the aggression. It's not very cool to discriminate against trans people, hun. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I... uh I just I, I can't people. with people. I love people on the internet. It's so much fun. You guys are great. Such troopers. But it's like people are getting so butthurt over this stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I want, I want this And then one. my favorite from HR. Uh, HR says, you aren't going to stop selling them. You aren't going to understand how your trashy efforts literally cause harm to humans. You don't care that. It, <laughs> I know that was that was my response. If, if too. a sticker has that much of an impact on your life, you need to reevaluate your entire life since the dawn of your existence, my friend. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just reading this. Okay. And, okay. So they go on to say, "You don't care that if it harm that it harms. Uh, excuse me. You don't care that it harms community. No one can change your ideas. But today." Today, someone spoke up and shared their truth in spite of vulnerability to make sure that lots of people see your bigotry and harm. I feel like doing that. See, in text, you don't have to take the time to... We need to get this person a cape. To repeat the word today. (laughs) Like, you know, you know there's some, like, gusto and they're trying to be dramatic with it. And, And she said, no one can change your ideas, but today... Today, someone is standing up against your bigotry. Like, good lord, get over yourself, you fucking dramatic this, idiot. This, this is this is the exact definition of what a keyboard warrior is. If there was ever a title for that description, we're reading it so, to you. So you, you hear it every single episode when we play our intro. It says, "Lobbing yeah. fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls," and this was one of those fireballs that hit the spot, nailed her, him. Is it her, him? Honestly, Oh, God, let's not misgender this motherfucker. Otherwise, we're going to have a lot of issues. Honestly, I don't know. I didn't check. It doesn't matter. If you're going to talk shitty to me on the internet, I'm going to ignore you. But So so to continue, many don't squeak up and can't. I'm here to call you names or do whatever the fuck I want to do because you are garbage, trash, bigoted garbage. Yes. No exclamation point. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, it was very, very pointed. Very wow. pointed. Um, matter of fact, there was more to that interaction, and I've got to find it. So. Well, I, I, we can just post that mm. later mm. on. Mm-mm. But. Mm-mm. No. It, oh, it, you got to find it. Let's find it. It's, it's, it's from the same person from the HR. Yeah, it was. It was continuing. The I, I keep thinking oh. Karen. I don't know why. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, was this Twitter or was this, this Facebook? This was on. Uh, uh, Facebook Messenger? Messenger, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, is what it was. And okay, I sent it to that. somebody, so I got to bring it up here. And I'm pretty sure I sent it over here. Good Lord, Harry, the swamp cleaner, I hope you're on... St- I'm pretty sure you're on signal, because it should pop up for me. We'll get this together. 
But yeah, um, this is one of many. I got plenty of threats, but I got the, the majority of it was people like really loving it, dying laughing, ordering and paying for decals. I'm selling them three dollar or sorry, five dollars each, three for ten dollars. We do have t-shirts coming. I had and they so are selling. I fast. had so many people request <laughs> t-shirts. So to, there's the rest of it there. I found it. Okay, zoom in on that on the bottom. I'm gonna try. Please let me zoom in on. Did you give it a heart? No. Did you heart that, or they heart themselves? No, that's just that? what they. Uh, damn, that's. It's. Oh. Ah, we'll get this together. It's not letting me. Yeah, I don't know why. That's weird. It's not letting me. Okay. Anyway, she, she goes. She, uh, shit. She goes on saying, uh, "Um, that's trying to sell bullshit." To get more OnlyFans access, keep it up. OnlyFans, we have an OnlyFans. No, no, they're they're implying that I have to sell these bumper stickers in order to afford paying for people's OnlyFans pages. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, keep it up. I hope you have one of these on your car, and I see it out in person. Like, wow. You know, and that's considered a threat. That is considered a threat, isn't it? Do you carry a firearm? Not yet, but I will be after July 1st. Yep. <laughs> we'll definitely yeah, be that, after that's July 1st. something that people need to understand is, is that if you're going to make, which I don't, I don't think it's really considered, well, it is a threat, but better be careful with what you do because this is a great way to find yourself in a situation where it possibly could end your life right. or seriously harmed. If you come after either one of us, I'm not sure what kind of firearm you have, but I do have a 45 um, and I do keep mine on me. So it's like, you know, this might be social media. You might be talking out your ass. You might be a keyboard warrior. But the problem with that is, is you don't know how many people could be serious about their intent. Yeah. So silly redhead on you know, YouTube so. says, wow, it's pathetic to see how people have this much time on their hands. That's, I'm not afraid to pull the trigger either. Look, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm, I, I've taken the time to create this sticker. I've already taken the time to make sure I can get it produced and, and printed. You know, this means something to me. I enjoy it. It's funny. Other people I know, they'll appreciate it. And they are showing their yeah. appreciation by purchasing one or 18, honestly. I've had people order 12, 18, 15 stickers. <laughs> they want to pass them out to their friends. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, these things are selling like hotcakes, so I've got to get a brand new order. Otherwise, I'm going to run out again. Anyway, um, it, it is interesting, though, you know, how easily it is for people that, who are able to control their emotions. You know, how many times have I seen something on the Internet that I can just scroll past? Like, I, I yeah. don't agree with what you're saying. I think you're full of shit. I think your ideas are even dangerous. Mm -hmm. But do I take the time to go on their page and give them a little rant and get, get, get up on my soapbox and... Today, today, I said Today's something to you. Today's the day. Yeah, yeah, today was the day that I said something to you where other people can't speak up for themselves and somebody needs to put you in your... No, I, no, no I'm not that indignant. I don't care. I don't have that much time. That's just got to be a, and I'm a not sad that, world to live in. You and know? I, I've seen plenty of, of, of bumper stickers and decals and things that make fun of Trump supporters. And, like, I don't care. I yeah, just don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit because I can control my emotions. It's hilarious. It is so hilarious, and I've got people buying them because they want to trigger people, because people are so easily triggered. It's hilarious. 
and it's a sticker that's that's the crazy part about it man is like people <laughs> do people not realize the the amount of of hate that is being registered through your thought process over I a know. decal like i'm sorry a sticker look if, if i'm ever this mad over a sticker please just smack me in the back of my head and tell me shut the fuck up just please help do me a favor. You, you know, me. you know what it's sad is, is that <laughs> you go to bed, you lay your head down at night and you, you rest peacefully. These people over here are so triggered by <laughs> things triggered. such as a, as a sticker. And it's like, man, there's 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 other ways to to exert your energy into something than a sticker. Like if if a sticker has that much control over your life, again, like I said earlier, you need to really, really reevaluate your life yep, and absolutely. just your purpose in life as a matter of fact. So <laughs> that's great. So um we we have this case going on here lately, slight shift in topics here. Yeah. Um Derek Chauvin, the officer that was uh being convicted or mm -hmm. tried for the murder of George Floyd. Um Unpopular opinion, perhaps. I don't give a shit about this trial. I don't either. I don't. I haven't been paying attention. Uh, the majority of the information I've gotten so far has been through headlines, quickly coming across my feed that I read and move on. I have not really said that much about it. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> however, being an outsider from this, um, I've already showed Anthony this, but I've sit there today. I wrote four pages on... Um, the reasons basically why we should not care about this, why we should not be paying attention to this, and why this really shouldn't be a problem in the first place. Why there's so many things that could have been done to have fully prevented this whole situation from the start, that right. people need to pull their head out of their ass, societally speaking, um, and figure out how to solve these problems ahead of time. Because what, what's, what's the old common phrase is, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And, you know, I, I, I almost wonder how many people have actually heard that phrase before and know what it means, that actually knows, that knows what that actually entails. You know, who understand the idea of forethought about handling issues or seeing down the tunnel of time issues that could be issues and handling them before they become issues. You know, well, it, it, this whole thing, and I, and I remember back when we first started covering it was strictly race. It all started with race. Exactly. Now the narrative has shifted because you, you can't get them on the charge of hate crime, you know, towards him for being black because it's not what it's about. And the one thing we've often preached about on this show is that, you, you know, if you remember the Nick Sandman situation, right, there was just a small 35 second clip that was played and it got the whole U.S. into a, an uproar. But then more of the video was released and then everybody kind of took a step back, the ones that actually can logically think about what's going on. Right. And we saw, oh, okay, well, there was more to this. Now, with the George Floyd situation... Oh, there was a lot of people, even on the right, that were like, oh, we messed up. Like, we even got... Like, they even got mad We saw... It, yeah. The nine minute the the nine minute clip of the officer putting his what I am now learning through other video evidence that it was never his neck it was actually his shoulder blade where he had his knee. Mm -hmm. Now, take that for what you want and for what it's worth. I mean, you don't know the pressure or the amount of pressure that he had on his back, you know, into into his chest. So 
and it's not to defend what happened, but as I got to kind of digging around a little bit, they actually had a a law enforce a law enforcement officer who actually trains police officers, and they were kind of discussing, you know, was the maneuver that he that he used was it acceptable? And the or, officer, or, or were they trained to do it that way? Yes, yeah. and are they trained to do that? Yeah, because that's two separate issues that came up. Right, and he said yes. Yeah. For as long as he needs to keep his, you know, his knee on his back or his neck or, or not his neck, but his shoulder blade or his back, then yes. In, in some cases, officers have done it all the way up until the point other people have arrived. Yeah. Um, this is a practice that I was unaware of that is often used um, by the police. Now, with that being said, yes. Hey, Erica Lynn. For me, in my opinion, do I think it was a little excessive? Yeah, eight minutes is a bit long for me, or nine minutes, however long the video is. Do I know the amount of force that was applied to his to his back and to his chest? I have no clue. Yeah. No clue. Nobody does. Yeah. That that you, you can't gauge that just off a of video. Well, um, on the other side, the you, you I'm she, I'm seeing pictures come across Twitter where you know Chauvin actually has his foot off the ground. Because, in, implying that his entire weight his is, entire weight is was on his knee that is correct at, at least for you know moments at a time now i don't know if they just took a snapshot where his foot might have slipped off the ground for a second and then made right. it back on the ground you know that could have happened you know like lost your balance or something yeah, that happens but and, and then they take that one frame and then you know imply that see here's the thing well, we're, we're sitting here talking about all the minutiae of it well, I, kind that's, of where, the, that's where i have the problem but i'll let you finish i yeah, don't want to cut you off so basically what i'm getting to is is that that's all we saw was this eight, nine minute video. Yeah. But what we did not see was everything that led up to this whole situation that should never have ever happened. Yeah. We should not choices be wasting were our made. time having this Yeah. Yeah. Choices were made. Decisions were made. This was never about race. If you actually took the, the time to go back and watch all the video, all the video evidence, they, you know, the, the cops said, yeah, we'll roll down the window. Well, yeah, we'll you know, do this, we'll do that, trying to make the situation a little bit. You, you could tell George Floyd was strung out on something. I mean, they caught him in the SUV with what we now found out through through George Floyd's ex-girlfriend was also the drug dealer was his friend that was in the car. And yeah. just a couple months ago, he went to the hospital uh, complaining of heart problems because he OD'd. That, there are so many things that, that you have to take into consideration here and it wasn't just the cop that that did what he did to this man. This was self-inflicted harm that he that that George Floyd did to his body to begin with, to put him in such a state that if you start to freak out, I'm no med, I, I am no medical examiner. I am not a doctor. I'm not claiming to be anybody that has anything that has to do with that shit. All I'm saying is that if you have a medical history of substance abuse, your body, you are eating away at your body with chemicals. Your body is not going to respond the way it should if you're a healthy individual. But even then, you could be asthmatic and could be, you know, having complications. My only problem with this whole trial, this whole situation. Right. George Floyd said he could not breathe, right? Right. A lot. Okay. Well, he was he was telling the cops he couldn't breathe when he was sitting in the cop car. Right. And nobody was touching him. Nobody was touching him. Yep. So there's, there's, there's that I've covered that. Okay. There's so a, there's a reason he's saying that. Right. <laughs> so, and then what I kind of go into later is that 
I have to make this this decision whether or not if this man is on the ground and I have my knee into his back or shoulder blade and I'm applying pressure and he's telling me he can't breathe. This is the part of it that I just cannot seem to wrap my head around. Like, I guess it's because I have a little bit of a, a you know, compassion for human life is that if, if I'm hearing that, regardless of he's just saying it to get out of the situation, I'm going to ease up. I'm going to try to find another method to restrain this individual rather than keeping him on his on his chest, you know, for the next nine minutes. Because it, for me, I don't want to be liable for anything that possibly could happen if he is serious about what he's saying. See, we, we just didn't know. Yeah, you also don't want to be liable for that guy getting up out from underneath your knee because you let out pressure and he ends up hurting one of your other officers. Yeah, but, you, I mean, you got two you other also, officers. You know, there's and, also a giant crowd of people around him that, you know, he don't know what's going on with that whole crowd of people. He don't know what they're going to do. He don't know if George Floyd might get up and go try to hurt them. There's you know, that like, other side, there's, there's, yeah. There's so many bits and pieces that, you know, in the moment you're like, fuck, I don't, you know that we have the advantage, we have the, the ability to stand back and say, well, you know, if it was this way, we could have, yeah. we're relaxed. We're literally armchair quarterbacking this, you know, <laughs> from, from well, afar and going. Not, I think that, I, but I, I guess my argument to this, though, is that there could have been a different maneuver or position they could have placed him in Yeah, that didn't represent, the, you know, that he was being compressed Perhaps. into the ground. Now, one of the issues I have is why, okay, here, here's here's my you had nine minutes to figure that here's out my and i'm not trying from, to justify what happened with the case yeah. i'm just saying these are you, thoughts you know in these situations nine minutes is gone uh, yeah quick, i i know fast. we we talked to we talked to andy you know as one of the cops yeah. that was on the nine show minutes, that, boy, and it's time slow speeds up slows down whatever but here's my thing though it is and, and i am a playing devil's advocate because obviously you know my opinions really about the george floyd case um but I am trying to see this from the other side here. But you also had two other officers there. So you had three officers that could detain this individual, could have sat him upright. You yeah. could have put him in a position to where he could breathe. You got three cops. Now, the drawback to this is you got an individual that is, that is high, probably you know strung out on drugs. Yeah. Now... You don't know what somebody's going to do when they're incapacitated and they're either drunk or high or whatever because that's kind of flirting with disaster because the probability of them doing something stupid is very high. Right. You know, um, I, I just think that this could have went so many different ways. And when you have nine minutes, I, this is what, that's what I struggle with. It's like, it's Here, like, here's the questions I'm not hearing anybody asking though. What's that? Is and this is where I like I said I don't give a shit about that because we're gonna see the same thing happen again. You know we're gonna see it happen right. because we haven't fixed the core problems. We haven't fixed the initial issues that got us to this point in the first place. And my question is, why did George Floyd feel the need to shove three times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his face in the first place? Well, they also well, found he was scared yeah. because he's gonna get in trouble because right. drugs are illegal. He's not supposed to have them. Why yeah. are drugs illegal? I'm like this is this is a perfect example why we don't need to be having. Drug laws, period. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, again, and we, we've covered this before, legalize everything. If you, whatever you want to put in your body is on you, buddy. I don't give a shit. Ultimate do you freedom. think that could have prevented his death? I do. I do. It, it, it probably would have prevented a lot of issues. He may not have been strung out on drugs because he was able to get the help he needed because he didn't have to keep it hidden and underground and away from the cops. And You know what I'm saying? We, we as a society would have handled the situation way differently. Mm -hmm. He would have been approached way differently. Right. You know, and, and, and he would have been, oh, oh, I've got some fentanyl on me. I, there's no need to hide it. There's no need to, like, quickly go, oh, shit, what am I going to do with this? 
you know, he could have very well been alive today and we would not be having this conversation because yeah, if I drugs were that. legalized mm -hmm. um, and we had other programs for helping people with their addictive addictions. Like, I this believe is an addiction Portland problem. was, I think, I think was it Portland, Oregon that was trying to pass this law? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think so. I think so. So, again, uh, another question is, and, and, and all these will be covered in the article in better detail, much better written. So, the other, the other question I have is, you know, why were the police concerned about a counterfeit $20 bill in the first place? Why is that a problem? I'm just thinking, going back to the fentanyl that you were talking about. I, and, hey, just let me get this out real quick. Sorry, you were ahead. talking about that, and I was actually listening to where in the, the cop car, which he was detained in, they found actual uh, chewed up um, pills or whatever it was that the fentanyl is in the back seat of the cruiser six months later. And, then they, what, what's, and what's up with his that? DNA was on it, and nobody's reporting this. Yeah, it's like, why? You're not hearing this in the news. You're not going to hear this in the news. No, and that's bullshit. And that all you're going to hear in the news is Black Lives evidence. Matter. I can't breathe. Well, you don't shove that much, you know, drugs into your system because your heart rate gets to going. Your breathing mm -hmm. starts to starts to pick up. You know, I. But yes, I do agree with you to some extent that if drugs were legal, this this whole situation could have been avoided. That's just one of many. We can have had, a whole conversation about and that's drugs where, being legal, right? You know, yeah, that's but, yeah, that's not where I want to go with this. But that's just know. you know, it, you know it just trying to look at it from a pair, you know, another perspective that maybe the two sides have not considered, right? Because the two sides are oh, white officer, racist white officer this, kills again, black Again, it's, it's not it's I know, not race. I know that, yeah. but that's one side's perspective. They are convinced racist white cops are killing black men, no. and this is another example of it. You, you that's cannot, one side's perspective. You the had a black officer that was there. You had an Asian officer was there. I know this, and you know this, but the the narrative that they're being fed. Yeah, I and understand the, reason, the narrative. And again, the media narrative, that's another issue. We'll yeah, get into that. Right, right. That's also covered here. It, there's so many things that all all coalesced and all kind of came together mm -hmm. to make this situation what it is. And it's a big thing to unpack and, and, and because so much went down. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so what's the other side of the argument? The other side is, Oh, a black criminal or not even black criminal, just criminal takes, you know, gets in trouble and takes drugs and dies of it. You know, the officer was just doing his job, you know, or whatever. I, there, it's not as a nice, here's the problem. It's not a nice clean package. So it's a lot harder for people to just have a, you know, black lives matter type response to this from the opposing side. Mm -hmm. I'm not t I'm not even coming from either one of those false sides. Those mm -hmm. are just two completely made up false dichotomous sides. They don't exist. Right. Okay? People think they exist because that's the shit they're being fed in the news. That's that's item number what, 4 or 5 on my list. I don't know. If is, Black is, Lives Matter has has shown me anything over the last year, um it has exposed how racist black individuals have become. In our society. Well, yeah, and again, towards uh, white people and, and Asian people, and every single one of these items that's been a big thing in the news be, right now. I, uh, could be a whole other episode on its own. Yeah, but I'm just trying to kind of quickly get the. There is no quickly. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just trying to kind of quickly get out the the, the, the nuts and bolts here. But yeah. um, again, uh, just to go back, uh, what? Why were the police concerned about a twenty dollar counterfeit bill in the first place? That is what we're to understand was the original reason they were called to the scene in the first place. Yes. Was well, a $20 bill used at a gas station or a convenience store, right. I think is what it was. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. What a lot of people don't understand is that the U.S. dollar is, the, the, there's a monopoly on our currency, right? Mm -hmm. um, something that somebody said to me a long time ago or something I heard somewhere, I don't remember, was that you will never have a true free market until you have a free market in currency. 
meaning you have to have com competition in the marketplace of currencies themselves. Right now, the U.S. dollar has the monopoly on that. They're the one game in town. Mm. Even though there Bitcoin. is so many, right? Even though there's so many other options right now that are far more technologically advanced, far less copyable and hackable, and you know that these problems are already solved. Mm -hmm. But since the U.S. dollar has such a stranglehold on the currency, well, now we're we're, we're thinking it's okay to print money. And these, this very simple problem that has already have a that already has a solution to it has not been able to be implemented because everybody's fucking head is in the same spot, the same mindset, the same episode playing over and over no. again of how things should be and how things have always been. So that's just how we're going to keep it. No, y'all got to start thinking about other other solutions, other mm -hmm. problems. You know, so look at this from an outside thirty thousand foot perspective. Stop getting tied up in the minutia of. Okay, was his knee three inches to the left or three inches? To the, it doesn't fucking matter, quite mm. frankly. I don't care about the issue at all. Right. It does not matter to me. You've got state control in, in charge of force, in charge of security. You know, this could have been handled so many different ways. Oh, yeah. Uh, security, if it was privatized, could have been handled at the point of the gas station. Mm -hmm. But what do security officers nowadays have to do? They have to, uh, they can't apprehend anybody, they have to call police. Wait for the police to show up, you know. Lord knows how long that's going to take. Like, there's that's not private yeah. security. That's just no. a private uh, a surveillance to to just keep an eye out for crime going on until the actual police can arrive. That's like these problems would be solved ahead of time. Would have already been thought of ahead of time if we just stop focusing on the stupid narrative we're being fed. Well, again, the article will be out soon. Yeah, um, I'm still working on fine tuning and fine fine-tuning it but listen if you guys have any issues with what i'm saying here please let me know um but i i fully feel like i'm heading in the right direction where nobody else is honestly in, in the mainstream media that is yeah no yeah. i mean you're you, you've only got very so select few high-profile individuals that are covering this story such as ben shapiro um that is actually playing this um in the favor of of the cop uh what's his name um chauvin. yeah chauvin that's going to get off because they have or not that he's going to get off that more likely he's going to end up walking because the charge is so high you got to have a, a, a as I've reasonable said, doubt here to it, convict <laughs> this guy and they're not going to have i would be highly surprised now what was i think to me this is what's going to happen i think he's going to walk but i don't think he's going to walk because i think the jurors actually know if they don't convict him the fallout of what's what's going to happen so you're kind of screwed either way all of it's covered here it's, you know it's the classic for as far as the state is concerned the, the the government the the power structure here this is a classic example of heads i win tails you lose yeah. no matter what this is a win for the state yeah no matter what because they need they need those riots to happen right now. They've been trying yeah, to get they us. they need them. They've been trying to get us to war because they're doing such a terrible shit job of managing our resources, our valuable resources, that usually they could kind of cover up their, their tracks mm -hmm. by taking us to war where people were more willing to take measures of, you know, austerity, of cutting back, of, you know, higher taxes temporarily, you know, yeah. people in for the war effort, you know. But here lately, people aren't buying the bullshit, and they're having trouble getting us into war. They've tried multiple times. Yeah. You know, they keep trying to get us into Syria, and, and, and oh, that bad guy over there. We got to go get him. We got to go get him. But that's <laughs> not happening. People are like, no, we don't want this bullshit. 
And as a result, they're getting more and more desperate. And that's why we're getting stimulus checks. That's why we're being given these complacency payments to keep us from rioting, to keep us under control. Now, they, they, they do need the riots, but they need it to be a riot in their favor that they can come in and, and, and be the hero, not be the enemy in that right. Does that make sense? Yeah, but here's the thing though is, is that, you know, they've been putting pressure on the Biden administration from Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter and they're not really the Biden administration is not doing anything to help them. There's a shocker, Democrats not helping black people. Yeah, I mean, right. what is it going to take? Like what 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 is it going to take for Democrats, especially black people? And I don't like calling in minorities. I, I never have. It, it just sounds well, just, weird to yeah, me. Yeah, just but, on a technical level, you know, they are. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. But, but yeah, they're, to me, they're, they're American, so they're not considered a minority. But yeah. um, when, are, when are black people really going to wake up to this shit? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's because of the education level they're not receiving to, to think in a different way or to see things in, in a more of a – a broader perspective than what they've been fed since. I mean, you have to understand, and like I said earlier, since this whole movement has started with Black Lives Matter, it has exposed so many racist black people that I have, oh I have, I have, I'm shocked, dude. Like I get on my socials and I'll, and I'll read a post from say Fox. Yeah. And if it has to pertain to race, I will see so many black people with so many racist comments towards white people. I'm blown away, yeah, dude. I'm like, that's wow. Cause, that's because they've been told that they can't be racist and they change the definition of what racism is so that way they don't fall under the definition. And once people figure out that, oh, that's that racism thing that we're talking about before, right? That's that I thing I just never knew to what Cal... Like, I, I, knew a lot of, I knew a lot of black people don't like whitey. You hear it all the time. Yep. But I've never seen it to this degree. I, I've never seen this, this magnitude of so many black people... Um, and and whether I've got friends, this I often wonder in their circle of friends, when they're around other black people, what they actually talk about when it comes to white people. Yeah, you got me. Uh, if I'm if sure, you're saying sure this shit online, if you're saying this shit online, what's not to say that you're not saying it within your own circles? <laughs> oh yeah, you know people what they don't say online. It's, it's way worse. So in, in behind closed doors. So now now that we've established that, okay, you have a you have a very large majority of, of the of the black population that feel the way they do towards not only white people but now we're also finding out that they're being you know they're discriminating against asians asian americans yep yep 57 percent of the crimes against asians up in new york are committed by black men wow really 57 percent wow i did not know that. not including what's going on over in california and, over in san francisco and the, the more the the important number that has to go with that is okay what is the percentage population of black people in you said new york city yeah new york city i don't know that number but maybe somebody can help us out with that number so now we, that'll, give, we you have a, that'll we, give you an idea if black people are 50 percent of the population and 50 percent of their crimes are toward uh, Asians, right. that would kind of make sense. Right. But so I then, have a strong feeling that black people are more closer to, say, 13 to 15% of the population, causing 50% of their crime against Asians. Right. That's a problem. Well, that's this is problem. something that's not being discussed. And, and the other problem that I have with this, too, is that you hear the sides from, from the Asian Americans and from um, black communities. All of a sudden, they want them to come together and show unity. Well, okay, that's cool. Thumbs up, good job for wanting to, you know, to squash this. 
But where in the subject matter are you coming to the white population saying, hey, let, let's let's unify this. Let's let's come together and make this happen. No, that doesn't happen. The reason why is it's because the whites are the majority. Yeah. So you have two demographics of people that are considered the minorities, which, again, I don't like using that word because we're Americans, but they seem to want to coincide with one another when you have one race beating the shit out of the other race. And now they're saying, hey, hey, we got to stick together. We're considered minorities. Y'all need to knock that shit off. We need to go after the white people. This is what I've been seeing. This is what I've been reading. This is what is wow. not being talked about. And it needs, this conversation needs to be had. And if I'm called racist for it, I will give you the biggest motherfucking middle finger I, you will ever see in your life because it needs to be addressed. You want to combat racism? That's how you do it. What, what, what you per, call it out. What percentage did I say? What percentage did I say the blacks in Fit, New York um, City, black, the black population of New York City, what did I say? I said 13 to 15%. Yeah. Harry, the swamp cleaner, thank you. He said the black population of New York City is 14.3%. Damn, nailed that shit right on the head. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, That's, yeah, uh, I agree. Big problem. Um, before we wrap up, we got a couple more things we want to cover. And after the show, yeah. we'll be doing our private group member only Zoom call that you can join. The uh, link will, for that will be posted in our Discord channel and in our Zoom. Shit. In our Discord channel and our Telegram channel, links yeah. for that are in the description below if you want to join us for that and uh, discuss these issues. Um, so on a slightly different topic, we, one of, the, one of the, the categories that we cover on the show are, are between social issues, relationships, bold ideas, and LOLs. Well, we're going we're gonna to grab one in the uh, bold ideas category, and it has to do with cryptocurrencies in terms of um, some of the new innovations that's coming out. Yeah through that and there's a um anthony's just kind of got on the on the bandwagon so to speak a couple months ago yeah. a couple months ago and just started like really digging into it and, and chewing on this Did stuff a lot of really research understanding you know what how the importance of what's going on here right so like something you've been trying to drill in my head now for over a year it's been a while it's been a while and it's okay i mean some people kind of a little slow to take but that's all right. i was so bored with this shit it's dude. all right and, and and I don't I, and and here's the thing I'm I'm almost concerned that you guys in the audience might get bored with it too so we're gonna try our best to keep it trust as, me I was there as, I'm living as, proof of this yeah as as entertaining as possible and I've made but, so much money because of it but yeah it's that's just it you know you, you it's it's uh, there's so much going on that people just have not seen yet that don't understand it's a technology they just simply don't understand and there's a lot of it I still don't understand so do you but I'm learning do you want to start with uh, Filecoin BlockFi or I've got another one. That I Let's start with uh, BlockFi. Yeah. I've got a lot of money invested in BlockFi. Okay, so BlockFi. Um, kind of like your own personal uh, bank account is what BlockFi is. Yeah, yeah. And tell people about what BlockFi is basic, in terms of, you, you know, try to keep it as, as layman's terms as possible, obviously. Okay, basically you know. it's like having a savings account. And you move your, you move your crypto. Uh, you can move your Ether, your Litecoin, your uh, Bitcoin. And I think it has an option for a few others. Um, you can move your crypto and store it over in this wallet, okay? And when you do this, you actually accrue interest with, on BlockFi like you would in a savings account. Now, if you're familiar with, you know, most current banks, you don't really acquire a whole lot of savings or interest, or uh, I'm sorry, interest on your savings. My, um, my bank statements, every now and again, they'll send me a, a statement showing that I got one cent of, of uh, interest earned. I'm going to pull up my BlockFi account. I'm not going to... 
So according to TheObserver.com, uh, BlockFi is a crypto management platform that lets you leverage your cryptocurrency and put it to fair use. Uh, at BlockFi, you can earn up to 8.6% interest per year on your cryptocurrency holdings. Borrow cash, buy and sell crypto, and access other bank-like services. It's like a all-in-one crypto bank. Right. So 8.6%. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. I remember when I first opened up a bank account. like it was My annual percentage on my yield is at 6%. APY just on my Bitcoin. That's that's good, and that's not <laughs> yeah. that, see that's not even including the amount that Bitcoin itself goes up. That's earnings on top of your Bitcoin. That's earning six yes. percent more Bitcoin itself. But you're getting you're getting paid in Bitcoin. You're not getting paid right. in US dollars. So that needs to be good. understood. I do need to switch some Bitcoin over to that because yeah. uh, Bill Ottman was telling us about it. Uh -huh. he, I look I, I brought it up, but I never actually followed through. You followed through, and you've been trying it out, and you've been telling me about it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of cool that I got kind of a partner in this a little bit that kind of kind of you know tapped me on the shoulder, be like, hey, did you know about this? See, Sometimes I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't move all my Bitcoin over because I've got a substantial amount, but. I did want to put just enough in there to kind of gain some interest on the 6% and just to kind of give you an idea. Um, so accrued interest, um, which is basically what I've accrued for the day, is $2.70, and that's paid in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, total interest paid, um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, accrued interest is, is just since I've had it in the account, which I think I moved it over like a, a week ago. Mm -hmm. So it's been $2.70. Doesn't seem like a lot. I don't have a lot in there. Um, total just, interest paid for the you're day. Just testing it out, though. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's, yeah, that's um, total interest paid is uh, 64 cents on the day. Right. So that's what I'm averaging per day. And the reasons it may not sound like a whole lot, which it's not. Yeah, I mean, however, it's, that's a way. I mean, 64 cents that would take me 64 months at my bank account. To exactly. Earn that. I got my statement online, and I I accrued three cents over the last three months. So about a cent a month is what I'm gaining yeah, in interest. Right, right, exactly. And I've got quite a bit in my it's, savings. It's kind of insulting, isn't it? It's almost like it's yeah. almost like, listen, guys, if you need that penny that bad, you go ahead and keep it. You know, it probably costed <sighs> them more than that just for the electronic transfer. So with my ether, um, yeah, I've only accrued thirty cents. This okay, is what I've accrued so, over so there. Swamp Cleaner says my eyes are glazing over. LOL. So I don't know if he's serious or not. So let's let's okay. So you got you folks got a kind of a general idea what. BlockFi is. If you have crypto, you can put it in there. And, and if you're just planning on holding it anyway and saving it, give it a shot. Throw a few bucks in there. Just try it out. See what you think about it. And, and let us know. Do you know. have a full Litecoin? I do not have any Litecoin. I've got a full I got coin. Rid of it. I got rid of it. It's I, doing I well. I don't believe in Litecoin. I mean, it, it, it's I, an. I mean, it'll go. It, I'm sure it'll it does fine, but it's just not one I've like got my heart into. You know, there's no, there's no value. Well, yeah, you're the a Bitcoin value, guy. Yeah, the value. No, it's no. I'm not a Bitcoin guy specifically. I'm not. A, I'm not a max, maximalist by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. I'm not. I, okay. I have. I have a ton of different ones. I know you do. Um, but Litecoin, <laughs> Litecoin was not one that I looked into and felt like, oh, that's a value proposition that I'm like, I got to have, you know, I just didn't. But there's stability within that coin though. That's yeah, what I like about yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's been around a long time. It's been around a long time for sure. Um, Swamp Cleaner says I need to take crypto 101 classes. Yeah. We've got some, uh, episodes back that you can go back and look up crypto, um, and the, where we do exactly that. And if you want to just call me and talk to me, I'd be glad to take the call and just kind of just answer any questions I had. Um, Silly Redhead says, I've tried it. I have $25 of Bitcoin I bought. It's definitely interesting, and I learn a lot from Anthony. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just it. I mean, just, just try it. Just you got to ask questions. Yeah, I mean, ask questions. Figure it out. Try to test mm -hmm. stuff. And it, you know, if you lose 25 bucks, it's not the end of the world. You tried something. You learned something. 
And well, hell, I mean, I've made a, I have made a lot of money um, here lately. So, <laughs> as as we as we move on, I want to switch over to um, Filecoin. Filecoin is another one. Now, this was this was kind of interesting, and I've I've heard of this before. You re brought it back to my attention again. Yeah. Now, Bitcoin. Okay, so basically, just so folks know, Bitcoin is like I want to close this stupid banner. I don't want to sign up for your stupid email address. Is there not a little X? To I don't do see it? any no, X anywhere. That's okay. a that's play a, the video. You should you should have sent me something else. You bastard. Sorry. Play the video though. So basically, Bitcoin is one of many cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Bitcoin has a value proposition, which is X. Ethereum has a value proposition, which is Y. This is what I was talking they about. They drive each other. This is what I was talking about yeah. earlier. A competition in currency. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it forces these currencies to evolve and improve and become more secure because they really, really want you to use them. Well, the U.S. dollar doesn't have that pressure on it. But the thing I like about Filecoin, though, is when Bitcoin drops, Filecoin goes up. Yeah, I, I really? I'm still yeah, I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah, no, there's, but, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. But sometimes, yeah, but a lot of the times when you watch the market, when Bitcoin drops, so does everybody else. Yep. That is just the way the market moves over in cryptocurrency. It's like when Bitcoin sneezes, everybody else is catches a cold. Exactly. Yep. But for whatever reason, Filecoin se seems to want to go the other direction. So it's like I kind of want Bitcoin to go down because I want my Filecoin to go up. But then when Bitcoin goes up, it kind of goes down. So uh, there's some instability with that right now only because Filecoin is it's been around for a while, but it just exploded out of the market. Go ahead and roll this video real quick. Does this have to do with Filecoin? I don't don't think so. Oh, well, it might. Yeah. It, well, hang on. What was the title? Cryptocurrency. This is what Bitcoin mining looks like. No, it does not. No. Why? What is Filecoin and why is the cryptocurrency's price going up? I don't know why that would be the video they would choose to play. I don't know. That's weird. So what is Filecoin? Filecoin is a type of cryptocurrency like Bitcoin yeah. or Ethereum or whatever mm -hmm. that has jumped in popularity this year to become one of the top 10 biggest cryptocurrencies in the world. It really has. <laughs> yeah. Um, cryptocurrency market price tracker coin market cap. <laughs> Don't use coin market cap, you noobs. Use coin gecko. Anyway, listed Filecoin ninth in its list of cryptocurrencies by market capitalization, the total value of a cryptocurrency's circulating supply. Um, that doesn't tell me what Filecoin is, though. That's no. not telling me what Filecoin is. I'll tell you is. what Filecoin is. Filecoin is a cryptocurrency that how. powers the Filecoin network, a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer file storage network that aims to let everyone store, receive, and digital host information. File tokens are used as payments for these services as an economic incentive to okay. ensure files are stored reliably over so, time. To put that in layman's terms, think about it like this. Yeah, right sorry. now we have, oh, you're fine. You, you read the definition, yeah. I've, I've got it. I can, I can, I can okay. take it from here, homie. I can take it from here. So basically, Filecoin is like the uh, cryptocurrency version, the decentralized version of, mm -hmm. say, like a- Cloud. Like a Google Drive, okay. Google Drive. You put Dropbox, Dropbox, Google Drive. Now the yeah. problem with these things is when you send your files to Google Drive, all of those files end up way over here on some big giant server, which is essentially a giant honeypot for data miners and or not data miners, but but basically thieves that want your data and want to exploit that. Yep. It's basically a giant, huge pile of data that's just there waiting for people to have it, Or right? someone can just say, oh, I don't know, like Amazon, shut your entire <laughs> social media company that's down. That's another issue. <laughs> I, I've, I'm even concerned because I use Google Drive yeah. right now, and I'm concerned that if I have the wrong opinions and they don't want me to ha yep. have, they can shut me down whenever they want. Now, 
with Filecoin, the way their, their platform operates, it's all decentralized. Yep. Instead of having everybody's files over here in this big, huge server. It's everywhere. I have, a, I have, I, I basically pay some other guy in a random location to hold my files encrypted. Of course, he can't see him. He's just kind of storing the data. You're the using his itself. storage space to I'm using hold his your storage files. space to hold the files. He's yes. incentivized to make a little money in the mm -hmm. process. Um, and, and it's, and it's just spread out. It's everywhere. And now if every, if somebody wants all of that data that Google drive has, but all that data is held over here on Filecoin. They would have to go to your house, your house, my house, this guy's house, this lady's house over here, little Nancy down the road, and they'd have to like hack each of their computers, go in and decrypt a d de uh whatever. What they I would say. never be able to do it. Oh my god, the amount of work involved in it would be ridiculous. And I'm telling like, you, it, this not, is and and it's, not, and it's not like you can say, okay, so I need specifically Daniel Wagner's files. He's got some shit that I want to see. It's not like he can just go, well, where are those files at? Decrypted. Oh, they're, they're over here in uh, Ohio on a computer. No, no, there's no there's no way to tell where these files are. at. You just don't know. So it's completely like it's much it's safer. Yeah, it's safer. It's more secure. You can't it's 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 uncensorable. And you don't have like, to worry about cancel culture coming after your social media right? site and shutting you down like and they did who with Parler. Talking about storage like would be so cool. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I get excited about these things because these are innovative ideas. These are innovative things. Yes. These are, these are people solving problems outside of the system that make it like, there's no government legislation that's going to protect your files on Google drive. Nobody has control None. except for you. There's no legislation that's going to keep Google from shutting you down. They're a private company. They can do what they want. Yeah. So, you know, what's the solution? Filecoin. Filecoin's a solution. I'm not telling you to invest in Filecoin, okay? But what I am saying, I is invested. Keep an eye, keep an eye on it. Try out their product. Yeah. When it's ready, I don't even know if it's ready yet. I need to actually look and see if there is a viable product usable right now that just the common everyday man can oh. go and use. I don't know that information. I no, have not looked I, that I was... much into it. But as far as the concept goes, I'm totally on board. I totally get the concept. It makes perfect sense to me. Yep. What the what the problem they're trying to solve is. And that's the kind of thing that I'm willing to invest in. I okay? forgot to tell you about this. Hang on a second. Hey, going back to Bitcoin just for a second. Mm -hmm. um, not Bitcoin, but going back to uh, our whole comment section is completely dried up. I, I don't. I know it, it has. I mean, is see this is this is the going problem. Going back to BlockFi, I talked about this stuff before, and it's like these are like I, I don't think people are quite getting how big a deal this stuff is. Like when the internet was first coming out, people weren't getting how big a deal, how life world changing the internet was going to be. And as far as I can tell, what's coming down the road is going to make the internet revolution look like child's play. Like there's so many industries being disrupted right now from this stuff. It's it's unfathomable. Right okay. Now. So now another thing I, we did not cover over on BlockFi that I do want to discuss okay. is that um, BlockFi is fixing a rollout for the first time anywhere. They are rolling out a um, credit card, a Bitcoin credit card. You earn Bitcoin every time you use this credit card. Really? And you get rewarded. The drawback, mm -hmm. there's an annual fee of $200. Mm -hmm. So right now there's a waiting list. And over 240,000 people have already signed up, including myself, for this credit card. Wow. Okay. So kind of want to go into this There's a number the of specifics. companies. There's a number of companies trying to do that right there. And it's really interesting to see which one's going to end up being the top dog yeah 
they're going to be the first company to roll this out. Now, it's so. supposed to be released next year. Yep. It says uh, it's credit, not debit. Upon approval, you'll get a credit limit um, in USD and receive instant 1.5% cash back in Bitcoin on every transaction. It's starting to sound like a commercial right now for BlockFi. I'm telling you. The first car to <laughs> offer this. I know, right? I need, <laughs> to, I need to do and that. And now with BlockFi, you get 1.5 cent APR back in your way. Okay, so anyway. So yeah, earn interest on right. your Bitcoin rewards. Your so, Bitcoin rewards is okay. I'll shut up. All now. right, now, now that here, okay, here's here's. I just thought it was cool, you know. No, it's it is cool. Card. It is very cool. I gotta find there's, my yeah. thing. A. So we have one more thing to cover. Yes, one more thing to cover. Footage. Actually, well, footage. No, one more. Oh. Uh, one more. Um, it's a long show. Fact me. It's fine. We got. We ha we haven't talked in a while, homie. No, it's been a minute. Where is it? I had a. I had a moment. What was it? Last weekend? Yes. Mm -hmm. We re we regrouped. Okay, so there's a what game. Are we doing? No, there's a, there's a game that I play on my phone. Uh oh. That's cryptocurrency based. No. <laughs> now, I know you. I, I okay. know. Say, I know you don't care about gaming, but a lot of people do care about gaming, and you care about cryptocurrency, but a lot of other people don't care about. But there is a a, a crossover here going on. A caveat to this, or yeah, well, not a caveat. Or not not basically. a caveat. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there's this. It's called uh, Wax Wax Token. Huh. It's the world, I've heard of this, yeah. world Asset Exchange. I've told you about yeah. this before. World Asset Exchange, and what they're doing is fucking amazing, guys. Okay, now imagine you, you almost sound like you had an you, orgasm about this I, shit. Okay, there's a okay. There's a game I play. It's called Upland, and basically what you do is you go in the game and you can purchase properties with your UPX tokens. It's, it's their their native token. Uh, and purchase properties in San Francisco or New York City or whatever cities they have available at the time. Uh, and you can buy and sell and trade those properties and you can develop those properties and okay. you can, you know, you just pay, it's, you play around with it. And they recently, I, I, I'm sure everybody's heard of NFTs. I'm mm -hmm. sure everybody's heard the phrase NFT by now. It's so much in the news right now. Yeah, everybody's a, following a for it. A or... non-fungible token. Yeah. Wax has been on this way before NFT was cool, you know. Um, wax tokens is what it is the best way I can describe it it is an exchange where I can take in-game items from one game exchange it to another player where a game can't do like they used to do where if you violate terms by selling an item online uh, they can shut down and ban your account no now if I've got a game and I earn that game uh, that that item in the game that is my item I own that item for from here till eternity. If I want to sell it, I can sell it. I can go on this wax uh, exchange and I can sell it to other players. That's pretty cool. It is cool. It's like a, it's like an online auction. It's yeah, solving it's the problem. Like, it's kind of like Diablo. a marketplace. Yeah, it is. It's a world <laughs> asset exchange. It's a marketplace for yeah. items. This is what I'm kind of showing here. Um, now, like a Sim City. Yeah. We've already got Street Fighter. There's some big names coming in here lately. Street Fighter is one of the bigger ones that has has come, and they have. Like cards and shit, streetfighter.cards. Um, you click on it, you buy their cards, you can, you can trade the, the cards. Now, it's, this is like a digital version. Think about this. Like Pokemon? People, yeah, people trade cards all the time, real cards. This is a digital equivalent to that. I can buy these cards, which are kind of, in my opinion, cooler than a real one because they got little animations and shit on them. You can actually see them move and stuff. I've it's, never understood the whole I didn't. E I thing. don't either. I don't either, except for when I'm playing. You know, it makes sense some cards are more valuable because they are stronger. But rarities make sense. People do like to collect things. I've never had a collector mentality, but that's another thing that can be done on the wax 
chain. I collect rare things. I collect my toenails. Oh, well, you can probably put them on and turn them into NFTs. Toenail clippings. So the game Upland, what they've done, and I, I was trying to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's here. Hold on. Let me see if it'll load while I'm talking. Anyway, Upland, what they've see done swamp. is they've, they've ordered, they've, they've got these. Okay, here it is. Sold out already. Oh, wow. yeah. Sold out. They uh, they had they did this in two rounds and sold out pretty quickly on both of them. The second round took a little longer to sell out, but I bought two packs, two of the 25 packs, just to try it out. I took some NFT I had on my KuCoin exchange, which is a decentralized exchange. Not important right now. And I bought two, <laughs> two packs of 35 cards. Now, what happens is they are packs of cards like you would buy in real life. You go to the store. I collect Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. That is one thing I do collect, but that's not because I'm a collector, but because I'm a player. I enjoy playing it. So I'll go, I'll go to the store and I'll buy a pack of cards. And in that pack of cards, you have X amount of co uh, commons, X amount of uncommons, X amount of rares, mythic rares, or what have you. Uh, just, you have a chance of pulling out a really nice card. They've done the same thing, just digitally speaking. You got this setup where you can buy packs of cards. And then when you open the packs of cards, you have like this, these things you can, these items you can use in game hmm. or you can change, exchange them and they're crossovers. So not only can I use them in Upland, but I can use them in another game. I forgot what the other game was. They're crossing over. Oh, with. okay. But so the it's... point is, it's like, think about I'm, I'm a Mario player and I've earned like uh, the wing or something, so whatever item, the feather, <laughs> the feather. Yeah. I've got a feather in Mario and I've earned it. And now I, I can take my feather and I can actually trade that. Or I can use that in another game, like somehow they've like they, Mario Brothers take it over to Super Mario Brothers. Or, or maybe they, or maybe they somehow have a crossover thing where in the Legend of Zelda, if you have this Mario Brothers item, oh. it gives you special abilities. They That's are. stuff that was not possible before. Nope, it is now. Like holy shit, to be able to be able to take this sword that I spent forever getting. <coughs> in the past, I just stopped playing the game. As I don't a non-gamer, I am happy for you. No, I mean it's. it's I mean that really, is cool. It's, it's just neat the way they're actually making yeah. it, where things that weren't possible before are now possible. Yep. And and it's all done through blockchain technology. Yep. Like it's not just about the the buying stuff to make money and you know you buy crypto buy a Bitcoin and hold it and it's not it's not about that it's about actual revolutionary technology. I don't hold on to nothing. I trade it to make we, money. Right. Well, yeah. And that's. I mean, it takes all <laughs> kinds. It takes yeah. all kinds. But there's there's so many revolutionary type things that are going on that people just don't seem to understand. Nope. They just haven't quite got it. Like Filecoin, like we talked about, like this one. I used to do a whole segment on the show that where we talked about the cryptocurrency or the crypto innovation of the week or whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was and called, it but bored the hell out. I know. And it I was did. like, man, this is, I, and I've, oh, I've still, I've still maintained that level of excitement because I'm starting to see people starting to get it now. They're starting to get it. And what an NFT is basically a digital, it's a non-fungible token. It is those cards. It, just imagine a digital version of a trading card game card that you yeah. can trade with other players, but it's online. It's pretty much all it is. So one last thing we have to cover before we head out tonight, and I appreciate you all sticking in with us. It's been a really busy night, really yep. busy few weeks. There's a lot going on. Uh -huh. uh, other stuff that I'm probably not even going to talk about on the show has been going on. Um, but... We, we, we got approached a couple times, <coughs> excuse me, for, uh, well, you were approached. yeah, well, I mean, our email, it was our email address that yeah. they hit asking us to use or pay us to use some of our footage from the, the January 6th 
capital uprising. Cap- capital, yeah. <laughs> as it's so and and as you and, and as known. you guys have seen, I'm sure you, I, I've got some really good footage. I was there on the ground in person, taking footage and filming people doing what they're doing. Um, now, I don't want to get into the minutia of you know. We'll just take a few minutes to cover this. I don't want to get into the minutia of all the specific details, how much money we stand to make if we do it, or none of that. What 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 really um, I think you guys might find interesting and, and, and agree with even is the fact that as we're considering our options and thinking about whether or not to uh, release the footage and let somebody use it it's a moral for, dilemma. for royalties, we kind of have this moral dilemma that's yeah. set out before us because we've seen in the past and recently that other people will uh, do interviews and, and they'll think it's all on the up and up. And the next thing you know, the interviews are being released and they are, they've, they've changed things around. They've changed the order of answers to make the guy look like a total jackass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they've, they've altered the footage in such a way where, or, or they've selectively edited to make it look like something that it wasn't. And it's like, do we take that chance? Is it worth the money to take that chance? Now, we wouldn't be held responsible, obviously, but there's this kind of feeling Whoa. that there's this kind of feeling that we were but we responsible. would we would know it ourselves even if our names weren't tagged to it. Yeah, our, na- our yeah, there would be no yeah unless you went into the, the actual documents and stuff. <laughs> Daniel has used the word minutia like six times tonight. <laughs> it's a great word. It's a fun word. So I so mean, so is the word milieu. Just so you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the problem I struggle with this is that. My, somewhere down in my conscience would be always telling me we shouldn't have done this. Shouldn't have done. Oh, if we did it. Yeah, if we did it. And yeah. knowing that we we were responsible in some way of feeding people along with the narration of this documentary, this, to me, in my opinion, would be propaganda to the world, not just yeah. to you know the U.S. citizens. This is worldwide. I mean, you're leaving Neverland won an Emmy. Oh, by the way, the people that approached us are the people that that produced Leaving Neverland over so, on HBO. So yeah, and they they do, do they do a lot of documentaries for the BBC. So there's, I mean, it's not a small name that approached us by any means. That's that's the thing, and and it's it's okay for me. What it would make, I would be more comfortable if we had some kind of assurance, some kind of guarantee, which we can't. There's no way. Get the director on the show. There, there's there's got to be some kind of guarantee that our footage is going to be used to actually be honest and tell the actual story the about the what actually happened. And I am in email contact with the director. He is in or the producer is in D.C. right now. I have a phone number for them. I will be talking to them. And it's just a matter of, OK, if I can get some assurances, some kind of guarantee that you're going to use it to just tell, I want just, it. I want it on video. Tell the story. Don't try to manipulate it into your little worldview narrative. Just tell the facts. What happened? Because what I'm seeing on Fox News and what I'm seeing on CNN, two completely different stories. Yeah. And, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Actually, the truth isn't even somewhere in the middle. Uh, the truth is actually both sides a little bit, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Because there were people doing both things. All the, uh. all the things that they're saying were done, to some degree, were done. That's just it. But there's so many different perspectives going on that there's, that each side can take what they want and run with it. And that's what I don't want to happen. I don't want a, I don't want a Fox News style documentary made out of our shit. Yeah. I don't want a CNN style documentary made out of our shit. I want a documentary that says, okay, yes, this happened and this happened, but also these things happened that you weren't aware of because they weren't 
as important to driving a narrative that drove clicks, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, nobody's talking about the little old lady that was behind me walking with her husband with her little Trump flag and just, just kind of looking around like she was at a and parade. How, and how she polite just, people were. Right. And, and she wasn't clearly wasn't sensing any danger, even though 20 feet to her left, we've got, you know, pepper spray going on and, and, and flashbangs and stuff going off. She's just walking around like, hey, I'm she's just, just here there to support. supporting a president. You don't hear that story. And I, and, and I would love it to have somebody actually cover that perspective. Yeah. The fact that there was multiple, many, many different people there with different uh, reasons for being there, many different goals in mind when they got there. You I, know? I remember you were telling me this was the politest um riot what was it riot you said or protest or whatever it was demonstration that you'd ever seen before and i and i got to thinking well what do you mean by polite and then you went on to explain how everybody was real friendly even leading up to the capitol yeah and they're yeah. at the capitol you know um yeah like even yeah even as people are shoving in past <laughs> each other they're like oh excuse me sorry like it was it was funny man that like uh, um um Somebody had walked by and accidentally grabbed uh, my headphones because I was trying to like record and talk and use my headphones. Yeah. And they and they snagged it. And they're like, "Oh my god, I am so sorry." It was just like that level of politeness. Like, like it, you took the time in the middle of this chaos to acknowledge that. Oh, I'm I didn't mean to. Yeah. You know, mess with your headphones. You know, made sure I was cool. Well, went on, like there was so much of that. Like everybody was just politely waiting their turn but see this this is what we're so not weird. this is what we're not hearing this is what we want to be a part or to see in this documentary if you know obviously we decide to go that route is to to hear these stories because the only thing that we're hearing is is what happened in the Capitol and the young lady that was shot and killed and yeah. you know the dude in the viking hat going in you know into the actual chamber and then it's just to me it's okay there's there has to be more to the story but nobody's covering this side as is the side that we want to share with the world because this would be a worldwide documentary that would be released right to have that in our possession to have that on our our title head for unframe of mind is pretty cool if they went the right way and i right. actually told this in a, in a level playing field kind of sense yeah i don't um, have any i don't have any i don't see any moral dilemma in selling the footage like there's no i'm like I don't see any problem with that. It's, it's already just, out there. Yeah, because the footage. Yeah, the footage has already been. Like, if people were going to get in trouble, they would have gotten in trouble. Right, right. So I don't feel like that's going to be. But but it's just you know, what do you do? What, we have what other do, footage, do do? but we, we, it's not on. It's not on YouTube, right. obviously. So that that's being probably said, the footage they want. <laughs> that being said, we 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 appreciate you guys' support and 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 uh, feedback on that. If they're you know, what do you think? W would you do it? I mean, yeah. Let me address this. So, oh, what's what happened? The only way that you're going to get what you're seeking is if you make the documentary yourself. I've had a lot of people, you know, approach me about this only because Shane, who we've used in the past, you know, for production, I've had a lot of people approach me. Why don't you just do the documentary yourself? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's cost. It is not cheap to do a documentary. Right. We definitely don't make that kind of money on. Well, if we can get <laughs> some show. funding and, and some, yep. some, fi you know, some financial support backing for this documentary. I would oh, love yeah, to do I would, this. I would totally put my full energy into it. Yeah, <laughs> the other would be really cool to do. I've always wanted to do a documentary of some sort. I just we just don't have the financial backing to do. But so. the other problem we have too is is yes, there it's not really a problem. It's a good problem to have is the fact that there was a lot of people who went to D.C. that you know and Chase knows. Mm -hmm. Chase himself was a part of that. It, excuse me. And 
so there, there's not a there's not a shortage of of people that would be willing to come on to tell their side of the story. Right. Um, but it's timing. <laughs> it, it's Maybe just, up to and including Enrique Tarrio himself. Well, he tried. He to didn't go. get. Yeah, he See, didn't that's get part of the story, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So we're gonna have to hit you up, Enrique. All right. So, uh, on, lady so. says, how how. Howdy, y'all, Daniel. Your best bet is to produce it yourself. Anytime you give footage yeah, over to a see, media everybody company, is... they will put a spin on it. Yeah, that's that's okay. our main concern. So but, uh, l- before we roll out, go oh, ahead. I was going to say, why don't we talk about this in the private Zoom call afterwards? And have folks well, I, wanted to, I want this on video because I want to throw this out there. Okay. So for anybody that's watching this video, I'm going to clip this up into its own little you know private uh, section um, to get this kind of dispersed out to the masses. But if anybody is willing to fund a documentary series that, of the events that took place January 6th, we have the footage. If you are willing to financially invest into a documentary that that we will hold, um, we would love to have that support. So I wanted to get that out there, kind of discuss it. Uh, maybe I can cover the cost of um, maybe publishing and distribution on that end. I can cover the cost of that. But the financial of actually doing this documentary, if somebody's willing to yeah, invest, because yeah, then we'll be the ones that. having to go and secure footage, you know, yeah, from other people and whatnot. So, so we do we'll, have plenty we'll, of we'll people. Be, we'll be the ones that people will be worried is going to spend the. So that's <laughs> that's interesting. Well, here's the thing, though, is that we have plenty of people that are willing to come on and share their stories of what yep. actually happened that place. It would be a documentary that. Would be non-biased, obviously, um, and it's also as, as unbiased as we can be. Yeah, and and this is something that you know, if if we were the ones to do this documentary, um, you're not going to find us anywhere else. I promise you that. Yep. So there's yep. a lot of people that trust us. Alrighty, so there's that. If you guys yeah. want to meet us for our private Zoom call after the show here, just again, just uh, click the link below for our Telegram or Discord. It will be posted there for you guys. Um, until next week, uh, we will continue doing what we do and you continue doing what you do and i'm running out of things to say so good night y'all keep your pants dry <laughs> or dick wet yeah, that's right i've been your host daniel wagner Anthony <laughs>